listening to Eyes on the Street, a civic brand podcast. Conversations on community branding, engagement, and marketing. All right, welcome back to another episode of Eyes on the Street. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about placemaking, and I am joined by other members of the Civic Brand team. It's our Oklahoma City team. Uh, so I'm Ryan Short with Civic Brand, and I'll let these guys introduce themselves. Hey, yeah, I'm Lane Ferguson. I'm Landon Ferguson. I'm Connor Cox. Yeah, so th- these guys are our Oklahoma City team, uh, do a lot of stuff for us, but big thing that they focus on is placemaking. And so kind of just to kick things off, what is placemaking? How would you define placemaking? Yeah, I think, you know, whenever we're in this world and always, always talking about cities, uh, placemaking uh, and, and planning, I think placemaking is a term that a lot of people know, but I think it's always kind of a shock whenever we're talking to different Main Street managers or other city employees that have never really even heard of this term. And so placemaking is uh, just how people use place uh, and, and, and thinking through how we can simply improve place. Um, but whenever we're talking about placemaking in a lot of ways, it's really how people in cities are designing for people and not just cars or not just um, how people can get in and out of a city quick quickly, but really how cities can attract people to come and stay. Yeah. And so I think, you know, placemaking projects, they can be massive capital improvement projects. They can be really small tactical projects. Um, so they can be permanent or temporary. Uh, other terms that you might hear is, you know, just activation or tactical urbanism. Um, and I think a lot of kind of the different terms do have to do with what's the ultimate goal of like what you're trying to do in that space. And so Connor kind of throw it back to you, like what, what are some of those different goals that you've seen, um, you know, when we're approaching a placemaking project, what are some of the goals that we're trying to achieve with that place? Yeah, I think um, what's been fun is we always take the kind of a, a community engagement approach and figure out what the needs of the community are. And then, um, you know, finding in the place, we get there and walk around and see it and notice things that maybe someone who walks down the street every single day doesn't see. Um, is it they need a safer sidewalk? Is it they need more trees and street beautification? Um, it's really taking a full encompassing approach of how do we just make this a better place and attract more people here and attract the people that are always here to just enjoy the place a little bit more. Yeah, I think to add to that, I think placemaking, there is like this universal element of placemaking, like benches or uh, just places to sit, places to gather, places to go have food and drink, um, or even just having things to do, like, you know, public ping pong tables or bocce ball courts. But there's also those placemaking elements that are just super unique to the town or city or community you're in. And I think those are what is a special piece about placemaking is finding those things that really make your community unique or the people in your community unique. And how do you put those elements into the built environment that really causes some sort of emotion from people? Yeah, and coming from, you know, Obviously, a lot of people that know the work that Civic Brand does, it's it's very focused on you know branding and, and marketing. And so thinking about place, I think that's such an important part is that, that not everybody thinks about is like how does that place fit into the overall identity of your community and, and, and isn't just kind of an any town USA type of thing. It's it's very unique to that place. And on that note too, you know, it's whenever we start a branding project, one of the first things we do is that place brand audit. So I think when you're talking about branding too, we think so much of the identity of a place, but a lot of the brand comes for uh, who they're targeting and 
you know, we'll talk about this Waco project quite a bit here, but, you know, whenever you're saying you're a city that you want people to come and, and experience or come spend a day on, um, but the place doesn't show that, then that's a, a bad brand. Your brand isn't, you know, following the promise of, of what you're giving to people. And so that's where placemaking, I think, really fits into the branding is how does that built environment um, display what you're showing from branded experience? For sure. Yeah. And we just did a, a talk at the Texas Downtowns Conference, and that was a, a big part of that talk because, you know, I think there are a lot of people that might listen to this podcast and they might be in different roles like at, you know, downtowns and main streets or cities, and they're aware of placemaking. They, they see it on Instagram and they see these cool projects and they think that's really cool, but they feel like it's almost like not in their lane. Like, you know, I'm a marketing branding person. I need to focus just on, you know, logos and social media and promoting this space and they don't feel like their role is actually improving the place, the built environment. And that was kind of the a big part of that talk was, you know, you know, as a, to, to do branding and to do marketing properly, you have to be involved in creating the place. Otherwise there, it's kind of like fishing with a hole in your net. If you're doing all this place, this work to promote your downtown or your city, and then people come there and there's a disconnect with what you're promoting in the, in the built environment. And so I'm glad you mentioned that place audit because I think that's such a key thing for the specific place. There has to be really, I think, very specific goals for what is the purpose of that place. Because there often are places and streets where the goal is to simply move people through as quick as you can. But then there's other places where you want that to be a destination and you want people to come there. You want them to spend money. You want them to linger there. Um, and if that's the goal, that drastically changes the things that you do with the built environment. And I think that a lot of times, we, especially with our downtowns, we say that we want to create activation. We want to create economic development. We want people to walk around and hang out, but then we design it to do the opposite. We design it to park or drive through real fast and not do that. And so I think placemaking is kind of just taking a step back and like looking at that disconnect there. Um, Landon, I'd, you know, I'd love to kind of hear your, your kind of take on the Waco project and kind of just maybe walk us through that. Cause obviously that's a fairly high profile project that some people who listen to this might have seen, um, you know, if you kind of want to just give the overview of kind of what that project was all about and the two different pieces of that kind of how they fit together. Yeah, for sure. So um, I, I believe the initial conversations from Waco um, initially came with a parking problem and Waco approached Civic Brand, essentially looking for, you know, the Magnolia. If you have never been to Waco, and surely you've heard of Magnolia, it's Chip and Joanna Gaines. Um, essentially, they're the mecca of Waco. It attracts over 500,000 people annually. Um, and right through Waco is I-35. And typically, what they've noticed happen is these half a million tourists that come to Waco every year, can hop off I-35, land at Magnolia, um, and then hop right back on. Because if you're in Waco, if you're around that Magnolia area, there doesn't look like there's a – you don't really see what else is around there unless you really have to explore it. And one problem they were having in particular was where are all these people going to park? So city center of Waco approached Civic Brand suggesting we need parking signs for all these tourists to know where free parking is to make it super accessible for them to be able to um, get in and get out and have a good experience, even if they are just going to Magnolia. After doing an audit, um, Civic Brand realized even within just two blocks of, 
um, surrounding Magnolia, there's plenty of parking available. And rather than just putting up parking signs, uh, perhaps a bigger win for the city would be to add a activation where people that are going to Magnolia could also then go see other places of Waco um, in an easy way. It's not necessarily having to get on their phone and looking up, you know, where's a good little mom and pop shop or coffee shop, but how could the place lead them um, for lack of better terms, nonchalantly to those places. Yeah. So we talked about with Waco a lot is, you know, we saw people just kind of staying in this bubble around Magnolia and kind of circling that driving, to try to find the perfect parking <clears throat> spot. And so what placemaking did there is to get people to go outside of that bubble to explore the other parts of Waco that people are doing things in. Uh, and so through that, we did different activations like a pedestrian walkway, uh, a pedestrian plaza in their downtown area. And there's really a lot about how to connect other parts of the downtown area to Magnolia so that people could see, hey, there's actually a lot more to do in Waco than just this amazing attraction in Magnolia. But there's um, an amazing music scene, an amazing uh, local entrepreneur scene downtown just blocks away. And so I think in that case, a lot of the placemaking was just to get, to get people more aware to experience um, the other pieces of what Waco had to offer. To add to that, I think that's maybe one of my favorite parts of placemaking is that oftentimes the conversation starts with how do we add parking or how do we add benches or a bike lane. And oftentimes when we start to look at the project, it's more of how do we connect the dots and, and create a better environment because all the things you need do exist. And we do add a lot of new things, but uh, the approach is often like, how do we just build upon the culture and assets that exist in that community? For sure. Yeah. And, you know, kind of going back to that initial audit to kind of diagnose that, what is the real issue here? What is the real problem is, you know, question that we get a lot because we do work across the country is how, how can you guys do this? If you don't live in our community, you aren't here. And I just, I think, I actually think being an outside firm coming in, there's so much more value to that because, you know, there's a saying that I love to use. that says you can't see your label from inside the jar. And I think having an outsider come in. And so when we first did that place audit, you know, the first thing we do is we pulled out our phones and we typed in Magnolia on our phone and we look at, well, where is, where's Google maps naturally taking us. And what's interesting is like, you know, where it's taking us isn't actually probably, you know, what the locals would that already know the space, the front entrance. Right. And so you have to, you kind of have to walk through that experience. And so as we, went to that front entrance. Well, obviously you're not going to park at the front entrance. So then you start to kind of like Lane was saying, circle the block, but you have this gravitational pull to the right, which is where you're going, your destination. So as you start to circle it, you're kind of always just looking to the right, um, looking for a place to park. You're never really looking further out to the left. And so when we, when we, when we realize, yes, there are these city parking lots, there is plenty of parking over here, Yes, it, it's, it's just outside of the bubble of the view that that person is looking at. And so it's a very logical thing to say, well, if we had better signage and people knew about that parking over there and they saw that sign, they would then park there. Uh, but then that's when we get out of our cars and we let's walk it. Let's see what that's like. And we quickly realized that, you know, even if you were aware of that, the experience of walking from there, just there's certain areas where there wasn't a sidewalk at all or it was just not, it didn't feel like a safe walk or it just didn't feel like there was interesting stuff happening over there. And so, so yeah, we, we really set out to, you know, not just to think about that whole funnel of experience from awareness. You have to be aware that there's more to do. 
you have to consider it because you see like, oh, it looks colorful. It looks like there's things that way. Um, that's kind of when we talk about wayfinding, you know, there's there's very literal wayfinding that says like parking is to the left. But what I love about wayfinding is when you create just natural things that like nothing's telling you there's anything that way directly. You just get a sense that there's something. It looks like there's shops down there. It looks like there's something happening down there. Um, and so with this project, we kind of did a combination of both. You know, we're literally telling people st- that stuff's there, but there's also just this beautiful, colorful walkway. There's a pedestrian plaza with people hanging out. So you just see things happening. Um, and, you know, the goal, obviously, some of, there are some things that we're wanting to test. Um, so, Lane, I'd love for you to kind of talk about that, like, because I, I think a misconception about placemaking is sometimes it's all just, you know, it's all just kind of fun, colorful paint on the sidewalk. It's kind of fun projects, cute projects, nice to have, but they don't really take it as serious as I think they, they should. And I think that typically comes from, they're not measuring the impact of it. And yeah. so you want to talk a little bit about just kind of how you measure these types of projects? Yeah. So um, let's back up just a, a quick second here just to kind of talk about different types of placemaking. So for this wake up project, this was a, we would call like a temporary activation. And so a big piece of that, and I think a really powerful piece of placemaking is the power of temporary. Um, when a lot of cities are trying to do really big things, I think we think in terms of millions of dollars and, and years of study. And I think what placemaking can push back on is actually we can get this done in a few months uh, and we don't have to have a giant budget and we can get a lot of community members to be part of the process of really building the community. And so what Waco was, was kind of a temporary to semi-permanent project. A lot of the, the activations lasted two months, um, but there's elements of it that are semi-permanent and there's even some permanent aspects of that. And so um, when we're talking about kind of the different levels of that, I think it's kind of important to see of, in why place make, making so broad is there's different ways to do it. And so for Waco, um, really we're just trying to test some different things. And so, a lot of the, that we wanted to be data backed. And so for Waco, we, we measured a few things. One is, could we get people to walk from Magnolia to Austin Avenue, which is just four blocks away. But the average person that was visiting Waco couldn't, you know, didn't understand how close they were to another really great part of Waco. And so that's a question we always had to kind of go back to is that is our ultimate goal is to get people to just walk from point A to point B and so what are these placemaking elements we can do to add that would really encourage someone to do that? Uh, secondly, once they get to Austin Avenue, which is that point we we're trying to get into, uh, we created a pedestrian plaza downtown. And so can we get people to stay in downtown uh, and stay into Austin Avenue? And so a big piece of what we were noticing about Austin Avenue is there wasn't really a place for people to gather or to sit um, or even just kind of that free public space where people felt like it was for them. And so, uh, you know, part of that data piece is, how to measure that success is the people use it. Uh, and what was really cool about that is they did, you know, uh, we can't say enough good things about downtown Waco and, and the group they have there, but they, the amount of programming they did in the diversity of that to really encourage just that, you know, every kind of group of people that, that could go experience the downtown, they did it. Um, and kind of the results we've gotten from that is just the amount of, of people that have taken pictures of downtown that wouldn't have taken pictures of it earlier that have spent time there, um, you know, past eight o'clock that normally people wouldn't be there at nighttime. And then just finding different experiences whenever you're in downtown on Austin Avenue, you know, you currently have a perception of what you think you're going to get when you, when you go there. But now that you have this plaza that's currently always activated, you're going to get a different experience every time you go. And that's, 
a destination in itself now. It's now you know I just need to go spend time in downtown Waco, and I'm going to see what's happening on the plaza because there's always a different experience. Yeah. So um, we're measuring that. It kind of comes back to uh, you know how people are using it. Going back to two of the things, I, I want to add to two of the things you said. First, going to that the power of temporary that you're talking about. You know that that one block. I keep I, I have this moment that keeps coming to mind for me when we were down there doing the build and. You know, there's that one block on sixth um, on sixth that doesn't have a sidewalk at all, right? It's all just like torn up, and people would have to normally just walk through the grass that had like barbed wire and trash in it and stuff. And you know, we had a plan of we were going to um, remove some street parking, paint the sidewalk, put up these barriers, put up signs, we had all these steps, you know, to make it really great. But even in just the first moment, when all we did was just put cones out, like we literally had. 10 minutes into the project, had just put a couple of cones out and immediately we saw people start just walking on that space between the cones and the curb. And yeah. that, like, that was even a temporary, temporary thing before we did any of the painting, we did any of the barriers. And so, I mean, sometimes it can be as simple as putting cones out and like giving people a space. And so I think that was really cool. And then going back to, you know, what you're saying about the activation. Yeah. They did an amazing job, but they had like, you know, yoga, salsa nights, all these really cool events. Um, but then I think what's even more powerful is all the in-between moments. Cause that's kind of like where life happens is like all those in-between moments. I mean, there were kids that took their senior pictures there. There was somebody that got engaged there, you know, and, and all these people just natural photographers. You had countless photographers just come out and use that as a free backdrop for their photography. And those are just, I mean, the person that got engaged there, the person that got their senior photos there, they're now a major milestone in their life is now permanently attached to downtown Waco into this space. And that's at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to do with city branding, city marketing is you're trying to create these experiences and you're trying to, you know, capture photos and, and tell the story. But if you create a place that just then pe other people go tell that story for you, first of all, that's so much more efficient because yeah, you can hire a civic brand to come take photos and, do marketing about your place. But if we can instead create a place and then everyone in your community comes and takes photos and shares it, that's so much more valuable. Um, so, so yeah, I think, I mean, I just think that like, and then some of that can't be measured, you know, like you can't, we, like we can kind of measure how many people took photos, but there's countless stories and things that we don't even know about because they're just happening day to day. Um, going back to the measurement thing though, you know, I mean, let's talk about some of those actual specific metrics of like the number of people and like, I mean, even the traffic speeds, I think. Yeah, a couple of things we measured um, at part of the Waco project was one, um, what was the traffic speeds before and after the implementation? And why that's important is, you know, studies will show that when we can get people to slow down, they're more likely to see other things and go maybe try a different shop or go try to go explore what's down the street. Uh, and so kind of what you were talking about earlier, Ryan, of people are, can get so into trying to get to that destination that they're missing what else is going on in the town. And so uh, we were able to, uh, how we did that is we went and measured speed limits uh, the week before we did the activation. And then we did speed limits the week after we did the activation. I want to say we speed limits lowered by at least 15 miles per hour, um, which was uh doesn't sound like a lot, but in, in terms of, you know, slowing pedestrian traffic down or, or sorry, vehicle traffic down, uh, it really kind of changed how uh, people use that street around Magnolia. 
And on that note too, it kind of helps people explore, make pedestrians feel safer whenever car traffic is going slower. So it all works together. Um, a couple other uh, things we measured on that is, uh, again, the amount of events and people that used um, Austin Avenue in our, in our public plaza after that was built. And we measured over a thousand people used that in the two months we were measuring. Um, and so that's a thousand more people that are there at all times of the day that wouldn't have been there without that placemaking activation. Um, Parking lots. We, uh, yeah, as part of that too is, uh, Landon talked about this earlier, but uh, we had identified a lot of other parking that's just a little bit further outside of that bubble of Magnolia. And so we, um, as part of the placemaking, we did add some signage to that parking. And so we uh, were able to see the amount of people that parked in those before we did that and then after. Uh, and, and a couple of those have become uh, a lot more activated. But again, it's getting people to walk just a little bit further to explore a little bit more and really uh, kind of ex expand where their bubble is, where they think downtown is. Mm -hmm. Another metric that wasn't as qualitative that we tracked was uh, just speaking with shop owners on Austin Avenue. Uh, a few, I think it was maybe two weeks after implementation or, or, or so. And just to hear their thoughts thoughts on what's it like, what's what's changed, uh, and several quotes of just a uh, bunch of new faces and and just the, the plaza is always full of people, um, just a lot of like new faces in downtown Waco because of the plaza and the experience that was created. Yeah, I think when we talk about data too, there's so much that you can't be measured as far as, you know, what do you want to see more of? That's something we talk about a lot of is you know, if you're at this point in the podcast and you're still wondering what placemaking is, I think you can also just kind of describe it as just designing a place people love and people kind of fall in love with. And, um, and so just measuring things like, you know, how many, how many people do we see holding hands that are like using this placemaking activation? How many, how far do, does a, a mom let her toddler uh, go in front of her because she feels comfortable with them using that street or that, or that space? Something I wanted to add, though, is I, I think it's important to know and realize like um like our experience there and this isn't like a personal thing or anything this is just, i think normal life is we took a week to activate um downtown waco and it was we could you could visibly tell how hard it was for local people there to see change happening um especially when it comes to parking right like when you change someone's daily life in the immediate, you're going to see a little bit of pushback. Why this data is so important um, and talking about some of the programming stuff that happened is, you know, if anyone is encouraged or in feeling anything of wanting to do some of this, like, I guess what I'm saying this is that will happen. You will first see pushback, but I think the data proves why this kind of stuff is important. One, not only is it important for the city of Waco and getting people to stay longer, but like we're saying, like, this, not only this also helped the businesses, this helped people's quality of life. You know, Ryan bringing up the engagement, um, bringing up the programming of yoga and all that stuff. Change is really hard for people, but the things that placemaking, I think, at its best can do is really just make somebody more proud of the place they live and enjoy life better. Um, a lot of this Waco project in particular is a big placemaking project and we love to do those type of projects 
But placemaking can also just be something super, super simple. It doesn't always have to require changing parking and adding bike lanes and all that kind of stuff. And where I'm sitting right now, I'm seeing a bocce ball court across the street. It has nothing to do with anything, but somebody decided to create something cool in downtown Oklahoma City um, that makes people just enjoy something at night or in the daytime that doesn't require anything more than just being present and enjoying life. And I think when you really think about cities you live in and or cities you like to enjoy, oftentimes it it doesn't even have to do with, um, you know, they had the best whatever, but just the creative things somebody did in that city to make it unique to them and that you got to experience with someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's so well said because, you know, especially, you you know, when when you, the, the cities that we all love to visit, um, the little experiences that we remember after that, like I think of, you know, a restaurant that I just had my kids at and they had the like giant Jenga, you know, and my kids were just playing that. And that became, that's my memory now. And that's my memory of that restaurant. But that's also now shapes my memory of that place. Um, and that's so huge. And the parking is a tricky thing. I mean, we could do five episodes just on, on parking, you know? Um, and I, I do think that is a challenge is because I think, you know, it goes back to what's the goal of the place. And, you know, a, a, the goal is typically not to create a place that's most convenient for one individual to park right in front of the shop they're going to or right in front of their house. And so that is a challenge and it, and it causes, I think, a lot of projects to never happen. And it causes a lot of places to never improve because, I mean, I get it. Like who wants, if you're, who wants in their job to have people complaining to them, right? And so as soon as you touch somebody's parking, even if you're going to make it better, you're going to get initial pushback. And I think so many projects get squashed and killed right there. Um, but, you know, when I think about like where I live, so where I live, I'm very close to downtown. I'm about a 10 minute walk to our downtown. And there is, this is the only thing I'll say about parking. Cause again, it can be, uh, we can go down a rabbit hole, but I'm, I'm a 10 minute walk from downtown and parking actually needs to be bad enough. It needs to be hard enough for me to find a parking spot. That's actually a good thing because that will encourage people that are within that walking radius. It will encourage them to walk instead of drive. And so by me and everybody else that lives in that short walking radius, deciding, well, I'll just walk there instead of drive there, that frees up countless spaces for those that live further out to, they can be the ones that can drive there. If, if we said, Hey, I can't find a parking spot, so let's just build more all of a sudden I'm driving when I shouldn't need to drive um, or I'm, I'm parking a little bit further or a little bit closer than I would. And I personally benefit from that, but the community suffers from that. And when the community suffers from that, I, you know, my property value goes down, my business isn't as valuable. And so I think it's really easy for people, especially with parking. Everybody wants to get the killer parking spot. You want to park right in front, but it's kind of goes back to that. Like what's the greater good? Um, what's the goal of this area? Is it to kind of get you in and out? And you got, I mean, there are places like, but your downtown is never one of them. The goal of the downtown is to create vibrancy, walkability, economic development, and parking just robs that, you know? And so I do think, you know, that's a tricky thing. If you are going to be, you know, in the Waco project, we, we did remove a lot of street parking, but we actually added I think it was like a net increase of parking. We added lots. They were just further away and we connected that. 200 more spaces. Yeah. And so I think that was like an interesting approach and answer to that because, you know, 
cities are still very auto centric and a lot of people, you know, they don't have the public transportation to get there yet. And so you still do have to address parking, but people are willing to walk a little further if it's safe, if it's interesting, if it's fun, if it's part of the experience, because before, if you had to walk those four blocks to Magnolia or to Austin Avenue, your experience didn't start till you got to Magnolia. Now your experience starts the moment you get out of your car. People are taking pictures in front of like, we had fun quotes on the barricades, you know, and, um, you know, they're, that was part of their experience, you know? Um, and so, yeah. And on that note, not to go too far down parking, but something we had also noticed in Waco is who is using these prime parking spots is a lot of just employees of the businesses there. And so it wasn't the visitors that are coming to visit and spend money. It was the people working there, um, which they obviously deserve a parking spot too, but they're spending eight hours shift, however long their shift is there. Uh, and so just, you have a car there that's really not you know, adding any benefit to the um, economically to the city. But I think my last point on parking would be, you know, whenever we're thinking about removing parking or any of that, how do we exchange that for something better? How do you exchange that for that pedestrian experience? Of <clears throat> first of all, Ida, where, you, where you're at is walking to your office. You know, the, I know they've closed down streets at, at times to make, uh, and added different activity. And so like, what are those things we can do to make that pedestrian experience more interesting? Um, and I think that's a big thing that can help people think outside of, I just need the closest parking spot uh, is well, if I'm going to walk a little bit further, what are things I can, you know, that I can see or do or experience that make me want to walk just a little bit further. Yeah. And I know a thing that, you know, Brisa from our team, she talked about a lot and kind of uncovered in the audit was just that idea of the unexpected. Um, unexpected things, especially for locals, because, you know, locals, how they experience a downtown is very different than a visitor, you know, like, and so it's easy for locals to fall into that trap of like, well, the only time I ever go to downtown is if I just need a real specific thing, and I'm just going to go get it. And so if I can't park in front of that place, that is annoying to me, right. But when you create the unexpected and new experiences all the time, it gives you a reason to like go and linger and walk. And I think the seventh street pedestrian plaza, you know, if I was a local, I'd want to just, Hey, on my lunch break, I might just like walk down that block and just see what's going on. Maybe there's some people hanging out. Maybe they're playing cornhole. Maybe they're just, maybe I just want to take some photos. Um, And so, I mean, it was so much for the local as well. And I think a great way to just like kind of re-excite locals about their own town is to give them things that are just aren't overly relying on programming to where it's just, there's unexpected and different things happening all the time. Cause that's another trap that I think we as marketers and, and downtowns fall into is like, we rely so heavily on events, you know, and like, we have to program everything. Um, but that's just putting all your eggs in one basket. You have to have these like just daily moments and kind of in between things that are special. That's a good note on placemaking too, is, you know, placemaking is not shutting down a street and putting inflatables up and, a carnival on the street. It's what is, it's the everyday. It's how do I experience my city every day? And especially even with these temporary activations, I know it's it's really easy to get into that programming mindset where it's how can we make this a really fun event? When you're doing a temporary place making activation, it's so important to realize everything you put onto the street or design in a public space, like your city can have this every day. Uh, and and so when thinking through those things, I just challenge whoever's whoever's doing that is you know. Your city deserves that. You don't have to go somewhere else to get to have this really cool piece. I think so, so many times, you know, even in, in Waco, which is a, a good sized city, when we were talking about some of these placemaking things, 
I remember one of the staff members said, well, I've seen this. I just never thought Waco could do it. Um, and I think so many times, you know, we, we think just the bigger, really big cities can do this placemaking stuff, but it doesn't matter what size of city you are. Uh, everyone has that opportunity to do some sort of placemaking. Yeah. To, to add on to that, and this is maybe more of a personal thought, but I don't even, I, I would, I would go on to say like your city almost demands it. I, I think with the younger generation and the age of social media and Instagram and, you know, we live in a generation and, and younger generations younger than us where, where you are and what you're doing matters a whole lot more than it ever has in history. And, and I think, you know, to keep people involved in your city, we, we've changed from society where it's you want to just get in your car and get home or get to work or pull up at a restaurant to how are you experiencing life in a better way? And whether, and like Lane said, I don't think that has to be in New York City or LA. You know, small, you know, Ryan, I think you're a perfect example of this. Salida, Colorado is a small town and you're going to experience life in a different way. That has nothing to do with even the mountains, but more than just how the city works and how you can walk and know people and interact with your place and see your family interact with it and feel comfortable that way. Um, I think it's really important. I, I think we fight battles and younger generations fight battles of are they in a, for lack of better terms, cool enough place. And I, I would go on to say, I think placemaking has something to do with that um, and can help that. And for cities and towns to attract young talent is very, very important. Yeah. I think, so when we were doing, uh, we did a podcast with uh, the mayor of Waco at the end of our implementation there. And, and a quote that, stuck with me he said is um when we were asking him what he hopes people get from this is, is he said i just i hope people see that waco's willing to try something willing to do something uh, and, and i love that because it, that is powerful whenever you see your city leadership or community leadership just willing to put themselves out there and then do something i think so many times we 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 could talk ourselves out of doing these kind of projects because we're so afraid of what the negative impact is. Um, but, you know, we talked about, there's a yoga class in, uh, in the plaza we did in Waco. And because of, she got to do a, a yoga class every Saturday while this activation was up, she's now doing a permanent yoga studio in downtown. And so she saw the, hey, the city's willing to put themselves out there to try something where I got to use my craft and my experience uh, and now she's giving back and doing that in a permanent way. And so, you know, there's, there's not a better data piece than that as far as someone getting to experience something that the city is doing and, you know, adding back to that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we see that on so many projects that we work on is it's just the city sending a message to its residents that it's, you know, it's willing to try things and it's there, you know, I'm, I can think of in two rivers, Wisconsin, you know, this was a, historically kind of factory town that that factory had left. And it was kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, the dying town. And it almost didn't matter what we did with the branding project. It was just important that we were doing it because that sent a message to that generation of young entrepreneurs. There was a girl, 18 year old girl, Emily, who started an ice cream shop in that town. And this, she could have done, she could have left like a lot of her peers are leave and go open that in a different town. But 
the city sent a signal of like, no, we, we want, we're investing in our youth. We want to create a place for you. And I mean, that's the most powerful thing you can do is just send any kind of signal to entrepreneurs to stay here because, you know, jobs land into your point a minute ago. I think jobs in cars kind of have driven how cities are built for the last 50 years. And I think the next 50 years is going to be less reliant on just, do we have the job and more do, is this a place, especially now that more people can work remote and, you know, different things like that. I think it's more of, is this a place that I want to be and that I care about and that I want to be and walk versus is there a job there? And, and that opens a lot of doors for smaller towns because, you know, smaller towns that maybe wouldn't get huge employers with 500, a thousand jobs, if they can create a place that people love and they want to be, that's a game changer for them. Yeah. Um, so I guess to kind of close this out, you know, what's you, Lane, do you want to just talk a little bit about kind of the, the place brand audit that we do? Cause I think that's, it's always such a big hurdle. Like there's oftentimes people within a community that they want to do it, they get the value of it, but it's kind of hard to get everybody on board. And so if you want to just kind of talk about the place brand audit, because I think that is such a good place for just, it's a really easy thing to do, low hurdle. Yeah. Yeah. So when we do a place brand audit, uh, we go and explore the community and walk around with community leadership for a day. And with that, it's usually in a downtown area or a district. Um, but we're really just trying to explore what makes that place unique, what makes people, um, you know, how, how the area ticks, how, how people use it, how people don't use it, what's missing. And, you know, from that, we go back and put that with, you know, what we feel like that place brand is and kind of build out some recommendations of what we think the strengths are of the area, but also what are the opportunities and weaknesses of that area. And so um, I think that the biggest piece is just kind of getting people started on uh, from the outsider perspective of, you know, how they identify with the place. And so what we'll do is we'll go in and explore with city leadership or community leadership and just walking through a downtown for a day and just meeting with business owners um, and different stakeholders in the area, talk about what they feel um, is you know great about their, their town or their community, what they feel like is missing and then what opportunities or vision they have for it. And we go back and create kind of a list of recommendations of how to implement those. But I think it's just a great place to start um, because I think when it comes to placemaking, it's, that is just a, a big hurdle people have is, is where do we start? Um, and so, you know, placemaking, Landon's talked about this earlier, doesn't always have to be that giant project. Um, sometimes it's just a, a small thing you can do outside of a brewery or a coffee shop to get people to start thinking about how to activate the place. But why the audit is so important is I think it's just having that outsider perspective that is, you know, looking at truly kind of the identity of the place, what you're saying about the place and how that built environment reflects that. And we give you recommendations on how to move forward from that there. Yeah. And just walking, you know, getting a group of people, whether it's business owners, city leaders, I mean, I, I think it's amazing, you know, even for people that like live in that community, they're there every day, you know, you kind of have your set routines and places where you park and you normally walk. But when you kind of break that cycle and you walk with a group, you immediately start seeing little things like where people struggle, you know, like now oh, this crossing is a little weird. This is a little, this doesn't feel safe. That doesn't look like there's anything to the left, you know, even though they might know there's a lot down to the left. Um, and so it is amazing, even for people that are in that community every day, how they, you know, doing that kind of walk shop and just walking the community with us, um, you start to quickly see really small things that could be improved. Um, so yeah, so if there are any communities that are, are listening to this and, and want to uh, 
you know, want to take that first step, we'd love to chat with you about that. And, uh, but yeah, thanks guys for, for joining us today.